Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. This is going to be the first video in a 10-part series entitled Overcomers Series. Basically, the Kingdom of God is the only thing that man needs. It's the one thing that we should be seeking first and contained inside of this Kingdom is everything we need for life now and in eternity. And what God is showing me is that if you were to follow these 10 principles, that you would have success in every area of your life. Now, God has actually given me the secrets. You see, Jesus said the secrets to the kingdom of heaven have been given to us, to those who believe in Jesus, to those who understand the word. And so the foundation of the kingdom of God is in the parable of the sower. In Matthew chapter 13 and in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said that if you understand this parable, you will understand all parables. He said to those who have, more will be given. But to those who don't have, the little they do have will be taken away. Now, the kingdom is not religion. Jesus Christ is a king. And a kingdom is not a democracy. Whatever the king says is the law. And so we need to obey him. And what I've seen is that the kingdom of darkness is over every man, woman and child on this earth so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus Christ. If you think that sounds familiar, it's from the Bible in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So the truth of the kingdom of God is spiritual and it's something that needs to be discerned by your spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So when Jesus is talking, He's talking spiritual words. John 6, 63, the word of God is spirit and life. It is living and active, Hebrews 4, 12. And when the Holy Spirit quickens it, it is a dynamic power. So I promise you the dynamic power of God in these 10 episodes to quicken life in your body, in your soul and in your spirit. And so... Jesus said in John 6, 63, that the spirit gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. The spirit gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. What if God is spirit and you are spirit? The Bible says in Hebrews that the God of Jesus Christ is the father of spirits. Isn't that amazing? the father of spirits. 
It says in Hebrews 12, For furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which have corrected us and rebuked us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? And so this is the introduction. I'm a spirit, you're a spirit, and I'm speaking spiritual words to you from my spirit as I sit enthroned in the secret place with God. That's what it says in Psalm 91. That's what it says in Ephesians. In Psalm 91, in the Passion Translation of the Bible, it says, He who is enthroned with the Almighty. I'm going to read it to you here. Psalm 91, verse 1. When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. Ephesians says that we're seated with him in heavenly places. And so right now, my spirit, and if you're a Christian born again by the spirit, your spirit and my spirit are raised up. Can you say that? Raised up with Christ and seated with him in the heavenly realm. So it's already finished. Jesus said it is finished. So once we're seated with him, we are permanent residents. In fact, Paul said we're citizens of heaven. And so the great battle is the mind and the flesh. The natural mind is the enmity of God. As a Christian and as a human, you will never live up to your full potential until you have achieved the born-again experience, until you have learnt to overthrow your mind, your will and your emotions as listed in 1 Thessalonians 5 and begin to be led by the Spirit of God. Romans 8 verse 7 says, The mind that is governed by the flesh is hostile to God and does not submit to God. But the mind that is set on the Spirit is life. And so we have an invisible spirit in us, visible through our physical body, and we need to see God with our spiritual eyes. We need to keep our eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of our faith. And so today, really quickly, I'm going to unpack this for you. Now, this is a secret. As I said at the beginning, Jesus gave us the secrets to the kingdom. Now, what if there's a demon that's keeping you in financial poverty? What if there was a curse on your family? Maybe somebody generations ago, you know, stole something or murdered somebody or whatever. But the Bible says that there's a curse. Now, what if no matter how much money you save, no matter how much, you know, you work, what if you cannot get ahead because there's a spirit of poverty? Now, we know that there are demons. We know in Ephesians 6 that there are many types of demons. Jesus regularly encountered demon personalities. Demons are a spirit and they have a soul, but they don't have a body. And so they want to manifest in this physical earth like you and I. You and I are legal authorities on earth because we have a belly button. The devil doesn't have a belly button and neither do his demons. And so you need to understand that the devil will try to manipulate you in your mind, will, and emotions, and ultimately in your body to get control because he doesn't have a body. If this sounds like it's overwhelming to you, it's true. Believe me now, 
and do your own research. And so what I'm saying to you is that God might say to you to give a thousand dollars to a charity or to a ministry. And he might say to you to buy somebody else a car. Or he might say to you to fast and pray. Now he knows that that activity in obedience to him will break the power of the devil and that you will get set free from the demon of poverty. So what if you could spend 10 years working, 10 years saving, have your own financial management plan, do everything right and nothing happens. In fact, you get more in debt. But God, who understands the kingdom of God, who loves to destroy the devil's work, would give you a secret and say, my son, as you are led by my spirit, which is his still small voice, and the Bible says we know that he speaks to us because the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirits that we're children of God. And he says, give $20 away, then that spirit gets broken off your life and today you are free. You see, Jesus said, I will set you free indeed. So often our way of doing things isn't the right way. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 3 to lean not on your own understanding. Jesus said to deny yourself, to lay down your life. So this is a little bit of an introduction to begin to trust me that you need to be standing firmly and only on the word of God, number one. You need to be seeking first the kingdom of God and right standing with the king, that's Jesus. So he needs to hear your voice. He needs to know your voice. It's not good enough for you to sit in church and never talk to God or even to read the Bible and say, you know what I believe, but not do anything. No, you need to be doers of the word. Jesus expects us to obey him. The Bible says if we love him, we will obey him. So this is the big introduction to the first episode, which is in the Overcoming series, I'm giving you the secret to overcome. Like that demon of poverty, I'm giving you the instant answer. I'm giving you one step that can take you 10 years in advance of your current situation. Believe me, I promise you, these are principles in the Word of God, principles of the Kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit has given me these, told me to do it, and I'm speaking as an oracle of God, as an ambassador in the Kingdom of Heaven. So, number one, the title of this message is Gardening. I find it really interesting that Jesus Christ appeared to Mary after the resurrection, and she misunderstood him for a gardener. I find it really interesting that she thought Jesus was a gardener. When the first Adam, Jesus being the second Adam, the first Adam was a gardener. Let's go quickly to Genesis chapter 2 so we can wrap this up. It says in Genesis chapter 2, Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. Man, this is extremely exciting. If you can understand this principle, you will be a philanthropist in life. You will be a king. You will be a prince. You will be a priest. God did not allow it to rain 
because God did not have a man to work the garden. Jesus was a gardener. Adam was a gardener. Proverbs chapter 4 talks all about wisdom and management. What I'm trying to tell you today is the secret to life in the dominion of man. You see, God gave you and I dominion. The Psalms say that heaven belongs to the Lord, but the earth he has given to men. So God has given you the earth. And let me just cut it down. If you don't have any religious mindset, you're going to believe me and receive what I say now as the Father's truth to you. If you have a religious mindset or if you've spent any time in Christian churches, this might be hard for you to believe, but it's the fact and truth and maybe one of the greatest secrets of all time, that God copied heaven and it's called earth. Earth is a copy of heaven. If you don't believe me, Jesus prayed, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because he's trying to restore that copy. Earth and heaven were exactly the same in the garden. In fact, God walked in the garden in the cool of the day. They were, it was like another dimension. It was just like we have sight and smell and taste and touch and sound. But in heaven, on earth, the, the, the sounds had smells. The smells had flavor. You know, God walked among us. The two realms were one. But unfortunately, there's been a separation. And thank God for Jesus Christ and his blood on the cross. It breaks that down for us. It restores our relationship with God. It restores the division. Paul says there's now no slave in Christ. We're all free. There's no man or woman. We're all sons of God. We all become one with Christ. All things are going to become one with Christ. In fact, heaven and earth will pass away. But we will be one because his word will never pass away. So ultimately, heaven and earth in the book of Revelation join together again because there's a new Jerusalem comes out of heaven. And that's for another time. But here in Psalm 115, it says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to man. Can you say that? He has given the earth to man. And so God is looking for you to manage the earth. I said, God is looking for you to manage the earth. Now, what is management? Management is walking in relationship with God, number one. Write that down. Management is walking in relationship with God. Now, as you submit, surrender and submit to the Father, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. And he will help you to manage other areas. So Proverbs chapter 4 is a really great insight into this. Okay? Proverbs chapter 4. We'll go a little bit down. It says, My son, pay attention to what I say in verse 21. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, health to one's body. Above all else, guard your heart. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. So... What I'm saying here, you need to go and study this. Just read it. He's talking about your eyes. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about your mouth. He's talking about your, your thoughts. He's talking about your feet. In verse 27, do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So management is, first of all, managing yourself. 
can you say managing yourself? See, repentance is good management. Surrendering to God is good management. Saying yes to Jesus is really good management. Applying the blood of Jesus is really good management. So the first thing you need to do is make sure that your spirit is saved. So right now in this first episode, you need to give your life to Christ. You need to receive the free gift of salvation. You need to manage your heart. Our heart is desperately wicked, but Jesus gives us a brand new heart. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. All of us. It doesn't matter if you're a good person or Adolf Hitler. Everyone has broken the law. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has hurt God. Everyone has hurt themselves, and you know it. It's in your conscience. So he can completely free you right now, forever, of all sins, past, present, and future. Just say, Lord Jesus, you own me. I give my life to you. I turn away from living my own life. I turn away from my sin. Cleanse me from my sin. Give me your heart. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me your ways. Help me to seek first your kingdom and tell other people about you all the days of my life. I will see you in heaven. You will hear my voice every day. Amen. So in verse 20, 21 to 27 of Proverbs 4 is a prescription for you to manage yourself well. What are your eyes looking at? What are your ears listening to? What are you thinking about? This is where all of Jesus' teachings come in. Don't judge. Forgive. All of these things. Trust. Don't worry. All of these commandments that Jesus gives you can be summarized by saying, manage yourself well. Let me give you one great story and then we'll try and close here. Imagine you have a house and a garden like a backyard and a fence. You might have a beautiful garden, a beautiful fence, but if you leave the front gate open, it's easy for a dog or a cow, you know, or a sheep to come in and rip up your garden. So you might have an amazing house that represents your soul being saved, your spirit being born again. You might have an amazing garden that might be your thought life. It might be, you know, your, the way you manage your, your finances and your relationships. But if you leave your gate open, now that might be maybe you're not tithing. Maybe you're not giving financially so you've left a door open for the enemy to get in. Maybe you're looking at pornography and there's, there's some poison getting into your mind and into your heart. So what you need to do is close those doors. You need to close all those doors. So management is two things. Number one, it's taking responsibility for your territory. So if you're not married, you should be excited about that because you don't have to manage your wife. If you're single, you only have to manage yourself. So in the kingdom of God, that's better. Paul said it's better. He wishes that, that all would be virgins like him. He said it's better to be a virgin because then you focus entirely on God. So right now, where you might be thinking, I really want a wife, I want a car, I want a bigger house. But you know what? If you've only got a bicycle, then God's only going to hold you responsible 
for what you've got. And it's a lot easier to manage a bicycle. Now, if you do have a wife or a husband, if you are the pastor of a church, now you are accountable to God for all of those things. So you need to close the gate over them. Not only do you need to manage your own thoughts, you need to be praying for them, binding the devil, fasting for them, leading them to Christ. Do you know what I'm saying? You've actually got more responsibility. Now, God is really wise and he'll only give you a little bit at a time. Like the Israelites, he didn't give them the promised land at once. He let them win the battles one city at a time. And each city taught them a different characteristic of God's nature because it's all about relationship. I don't think you understand this, so you might need to listen to this episode again, but your whole life is going to be catapulted forward by decades if you can learn to garden. Gardening is management. Management is taking responsibility by identifying the territory that you have. Everyone has their own body, their own soul, their own time, their own money, their own thoughts, their own mouth. All of these are listed in Proverbs chapter 4. But as well as that, you may have a car, you may have a house. You need to look after these things. God will hold you responsible for those things. And then finally, there are other people. And then there are cities and nations. And he wants to give you all of those. And within a year, you could be in charge of a whole city. And in heaven, you will be if you are faithful. So let me pray. Father God, I just want to thank you for recruiting a whole generation of gardeners. I thank you for the dominion of man and and the angel of the dominion of man that would help us to rule and reign in life. I know many of you don't really understand some of these things that I'm saying because religion has blinded your mind to the kingdom of God. Yeah? So the, the reality is that you are gods on the earth. God has made you to rule the earth. And I could read you a hundred scriptures right now about how God sees you. Revelation chapter 3 says, The one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne. That's Jesus. He is saying he will give you the right to sit with him on his throne. I mean, isn't that crazy? 2 Timothy 2 says, If we endure with Jesus, we will also reign with Jesus. So that's reigning in his kingdom, ruling in his kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Do you not know that we will judge the angels? That's we, you and I, will judge the angels. You know, you've heard of Gabriel and and Michael. What if you end up judging them? We are above the angels. The angels are ministering spirits. They're not there to clean my car or polish my shoes. They're there to do the word of God. And if you align yourself even a little bit with what I'm saying today, those angels will be activated to lock up your future, as in to guarantee your success. I'm going to read this Psalm 139 in closing. God has written a book about you, and I am agreeing with you for that book to be, to be lived out by you today. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, Lord. You hem me in behind and in front. 
you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too lofty for me. Uh, it says later on, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. My frame was not hidden from you. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God has thoughts and plans for your life and my life. And today he's going to supercharge you to get you back on track, to make up lost time. But I just want you to say to God that you will follow him, that you want to be born again, like I prayed earlier. Just say, yes, I receive you, Jesus. Yes, I receive you, Jesus. And then to move forward in the kingdom, as you seek first the kingdom, I want you to become a gardener. I want you to be like Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall. I want you to obey his voice. I want you to show God that you're a good manager. I want you to be disciplined. I want you to take your thoughts captive. I want you to start to identify those areas in Proverbs chapter 4. And you will do very, very well. Thank you for listening. This has been the first episode in a 10-part series called the Overcomers Series. I'm Jonathan. You're listening to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. If you know anyone who needs to be moving forward in their life, they might not even be a Christian. This will take them, you know, from pauper to prince. You know, this will take them from borrowing to lending you know, from being the tail to being the head. This is going to, God is going to use this. And it's not me. It's the power of his word. It's the power of his spirit. It's the anointing from the father. And it's angels implementing the word as you agree with heaven. And the Holy Spirit is so excited. So please share this. I'd love you to share it with 10 people. Consider that your gift to me to send this to 10 people today. One for each episode in Jesus name. Amen.